in today's show. I'm going to break down all of the action from Monday in the NBA, including another horrendous performance from the Washington Wizards, Michael Bolton. Thanks, Josh. It's Michael Bolton here, and it's time for another episode of the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast. Let's get to it. Let's get to it, indeed. You are Locked On Fantasy Basketball, your daily fantasy basketball podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to the Locked On Fantasy Basketball Podcast brought to you by Basketball Monster. My name is Josh Lloyd and I am the lead fantasy analyst at BasketballMonster.com and at Yahoo Sports Australia. You can find me on Twitter as always at RedRock underscore B-Ball and on Instagram at LockedOnFantasyBasketball. Today's episode is brought to you by BetOnline. BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds and lines than ever before. BetOnline is where the game starts. Thank you for making Locked On Fantasy Basketball your first listen every day. We are free and we're available on all platforms. We had games on. We had five of them. Some blowouts in uh, in that bunch of games. We're going to break down what happened. We're going to remind you again, please save your waiver ads in most situations. Waiting for the trade deadline. So let's talk about some news across the NBA. Let's get it on, Gilly. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Eric Bledsoe is ruled out again in Portland. This injury didn't exist when he was with the Clippers. Is this a fake one? Is he going to ever play for the Blazers? Are they going to on-trade him? Are they going to buy him out of his you know, rest-of-the-year contract and $4 million that he's guaranteed next season? So, yeah, I, I, I actually wouldn't expect Bledsoe to play in Portland, to be honest. This injury doesn't feel real. Maybe it is real, but again, never appeared once on the Clippers injury report. Heads to Portland and miraculously, oh man, sore Achilles, can't play. Not that that's necessarily him, but that might be the team saying, we don't actually need you here. So just keep an eye on that. And that impact that maybe some of you thought there might be on McCullum or on Simons or even on Ben McLemore or Dennis Smith, maybe there is no impact there from Bledsoe. Mike Muscala, that name wouldn't normally have much of an impact, but he's out until the All-Star break. And with Jeremiah Robinson Earl already out and Aaron Wiggins out, that means that they're down to Derek Favors and Mamadou Diakiti. So deeper leagues, yeah, value for Diakiti stabilizes. Favors gets a little bit more burn there as well. It helps Darius Baisley who gets those minutes at center. So while an absence of Muscala doesn't mean a huge, lot, huge amount in terms of Muscala, the fact that other guys are out and you're going to have to rely upon Baisley and Diakiti and even Pokishevsky when he plays, it does improve their value a little bit. The Wolves got a bunch of guys questionable. Uh, Torian Prince, Naz Reed, Josh Okogie, they don't really matter that much. But D'Angelo Russell and Patrick Beverly, both back on the injury report as questionable with those same injuries that kept them out. Shin contusion for Russell and an ankle sprain for Pat Beverly. So just watching that one. Eric Gordon's listed as officially listed as questionable for tomorrow. He didn't practice. Steven Silas said it's doubtful he plays. I'm thinking that there is a slight injury here, but it's also maybe he's getting traded. So don't expect him to play tomorrow. And then expect Alperen Sengun, I would guess, to start once more against the Pelicans in their rematch on Tuesday. So just watch that one. That Gordon is officially listed questionable, but it does not appear like he will play opening up those extra minutes for Gary Bird and for Alperen Shingun, the delicate dancer. Let's look at the top ads across the last 24 hours in fantasy leagues. Number one is Jackson Hayes up 24%. Again, we talked at length yesterday about why those minutes were up last game. This gives us another opportunity to see what happens. But yeah, he is someone to grab and see what goes on. I'm not convinced that he's going to remain a 12-team league guy as we move forward, but we want to find out. Baisley up 14%. 
Well, with all those absences and the absence of Shea, we're seeing rebounds up, minutes up, blocks up, scoring up. He's looking like maybe a 12-team league. I wouldn't jump on him, holding my ads for the deadline, but yeah. Crowder up 14%. That's purely a stream for today. Same as Burks. I wouldn't have wasted it on them. Same as Whiteside up 12% and Harkless up 10 I don't know what the hell Harkless's role is going to be. He's played 30 minutes in the last three games, and that's been without Marvin Bagley. So when Bagley returns, which might be tomorrow, might not be, does Bagley ever play in Sacramento? I've got no idea. But if Bagley plays, does Harkless still start and play 30? Does Harkless play at all? Does Metu go out of the rotation? How do they run that? That's a big question mark for me. Duarte up 10 Yeah, look, I think he's worth spending a waiver add-on. Beasley up nine, don't worry about that. Shangun up eight, well, you know that I'm going to be uh, on board with that one. And Javante Green up 8%. Actually, I think that's worth a waiver add as well. In terms of the top drops over the last 24 hours, the Red Rooster Terry Taylor down 22%. I do not believe that Terry Taylor is a 12-team league hold. I don't even care through the deadline. Like I just I just don't think that that's the value that's going to be there for him. Um, Gary Harris down 19%. Sure. No need to have held him. Amir Coffey down 17. Yeah, Norm Powell's put a pin in that. I feel pretty confident there. Grayson Allen down 16. Muxy Kleber down 11. Very hard to consider their must roster. Nick Batum down 10. Probably if you need that roster spot, sure, with the addition of Powell and Covington, that hurts. Prince down 9. I didn't realize he was rostered in that many leagues. So yeah, with his injury, no worries. Olenek down 9. Again, I would hold through the deadline, but I get it. Everything's looking pretty discouraging. Um, the Duck, Luke Canard down 7. No problem with dropping him. I probably would... If I was going to drop him, like I wouldn't want to burn a waiver wire on a stream option. I'd rather hold and then drop to get someone at the deadline. But yeah, he is totally expendable. And then Nicky Claxton with the, the hammy. I don't think that he's a must roster guy. So I think we can look at him as being somewhat expendable as well. TurboTax isn't expendable though, because they are absolutely vital when it comes to doing your taxes. People think unusual circumstances mean complicated taxes. But for TurboTax, live experts, that's what makes things interesting. They love it when it gets complicated. That's where they rub their palms together. They get fired up when things get complicated. We all have unique lives, whether you invested in crypto for the first time this year, own an up-and-coming small business, or are raising rambunctious twins. That crypto line's got a real how-do-you-do-fellow-kids vibe about it, to be honest. Luckily, TurboTax Live has experts who can answer your tax questions, walk you through the whole process, or do your taxes for you from start to finish. They help you get every deduction you deserve, no matter your unique situation, and you can talk to a TurboTax Live expert through your phone or computer without leaving your house. TurboTax Live experts are here to help you whoever you need, and if you need an extra hand, hand your taxes off to them, and they'll do it all for you. To TurboTax Live experts, an interesting life can mean an even greater refund. Visit TurboTax.com to learn more. You do your thing, they've got your taxes. Into it, TurboTax Live. That, that line always gives me trouble because I'm reading it and me speaking Australian accented English or Australian English, British English, into it looks like intuit. Like we don't say, T-U for us is not chew. It's not, it's not two. Like you say, if something is um, D-U-E, like, this is past due. We say due. You say do. Yeah. In, into it. TurboTax Live. I'm glad you got that linguistics lesson. But the NBA trade deadline's coming up. And we've got a show. Locked on NBA. Thursday, February the 10th from 2 p.m. Eastern to 4 p.m. Eastern. Kim Becker, John Corrales, and myself are going to be hosting that show, breaking down all the deals that happen. So tune in at the Locked On NBA YouTube channel for all of the trade deadline news at our blockbuster big boy show. Breaking down all of those trades. Let's get in to the first game that we're going to break down today. Um, yeah, it was an asking. And to be honest, this score, the Heat 121, the Wizards 100, it doesn't actually do the game justice. 
it was a bigger blowout than this. This was um, embarrassing, once again, for the Wizards. Something absolutely stinks in the middle of that organization. I don't know what it is. Is it the coach? Is it the front office? Is it the owner? Is it, any, I don't know. Is it all three? Something stinks. They are horrendous. It, it helps, well, not helps. It hurts the Bradley Beal is out for sure. But they are still disgustingly, disgustingly bad. One of my things that I'm always going to do when I look, do my Yahoo Best Bets article is I do this with the Kings and I do it with the Wizards. What's the spread against the Wizards? The Heat are only six-point favorites here. They, they stink. They absolutely stink. For Miami, there was no Tyler Hero. Gabe Vincent played 28 minutes. 16 points, 8 assists, 2 steals, and 4 threes. Do not use this as an excuse to stream or add Gabe Vincent for 12-team leagues. Heat reporters were suggesting that if Hero played, Vincent literally may not have played a single second in this game. And that was the trend before all the absences a few weeks ago. This was great, but don't read into it. Adebayo, only 24 minutes. It was a blowout. Didn't need him to play anymore. 21-7-4, while Lowry had 11-4-5. And, and Caleb Barton also stepped up with 21 minutes for 15 points. Butler, only 30 minutes. 19-3-4. Uh, the Winter Soldier, Maxi Struess, had 6 in 24. And Tucker had 2-7 in 23 minutes. While the Spur, Dunk Robinson, he couldn't really get much going. He had four threes for 12 points, which is, again, fine as a three-point streamer. But he is still rostered in far too many 12-team leagues. Far too many. He's the 195th ranked player this season. There's just no justification for him to be considered a must-roster 12-team league player. And in points leagues, you don't even come close to it. You don't even bother with talking about him in a uh, in a points league. There's just no need for that. On the Wizards side of things, we're all, Dan Gafford's out with COVID. Bradley Beal's out with his wrist issue. And they continue to start this lineup that has Aaron Holiday in place of Beal. Now, Holiday was all right here. 28 minutes, 14, 4, and th- 4 with three steals. That's not bad. But I don't love it. I'd rather they give the minister Corey Kispert, who did turn in some good numbers. Some of that in garbage time. 20 points in 26 minutes. But these are just deeper league players. Dinwiddie was trash again. Four points. He did have six assists and two steals. But four points on six shots. Even Bill's absence is not helping him. He's barely a top 250 player over the last two weeks. Really hard to look at him as a 12-team must roster. Very hard. Kyle Kuzma. He was on the sell high show today. He dropped off. 12-2-2. No defensive stats. 44% shooting. Hold him. But that top 30 run that he was having was very, very unrealistic to continue. Well, it's probably Rui Hachimura's best game. He played 27 minutes. He had 11 and 3. And no, Rui Hachimura is not a 10, a 12, a 14, or probably even a 16-team league player. He just is not a good fantasy contributor at all. And Tom Bryant. Oh, we did. just showcasing him for a trade, guys. Just got to showcase him. So every general manager can see how bad he is. Is that what we're doing? He is. And fair enough. He's coming back with an ACL injury. But he looks terrible. He was already... Yeah, bottom bottom third, bottom quarter defensive presence as a center. And he looks worse. And he can't do anything offensively. I do not see him being anywhere close to a 12-team league player. He is the 334th ranked player so far this season. Yes, the minutes will probably push up and he will improve. But I think it's just wasting a roster spot. Harrell, 13 points, one rebound. He was terrible as well. Again, I don't think he's a must-roster guy. And KCP, well, we thought maybe there was a chance he'd step up without Bill, but nine points on 27% shooting would tell me that that's not true. Don't need to worry about him in 12-team leagues. This team is bad. What are they going to do? Push chips in to get DeMontis Sabonis? They're kidding themselves. Absolutely kidding themselves. If that's if they think that is going to be something that turns their season and their trajectory around. Horrid. Raptors with a big win uh, over the Hornets, 116-101. Of course, it was a big win. So Fred VanVleet played 37 minutes. 20 points, 6 triples, 5 assists, a steal, and a block. Good. Siakam played 43 minutes. 24 and 11 and 8. Big numbers. Gaz Trent, another strong game. He's looking great. 
24 points, four threes, two steals, and a block. Continues to shoot unbelievably well. Wasn't as good for Scotland Barnes. Still fine. Still good. 18, 15, 8, and 3 on 31 minutes. But he did have early fouls, so that dropped his minutes down. While the Jedi, OG Ananobi. I think I said that wrong. OG Ananobi. That sounds better. But what about Scarves? OG. Blizziago stop ones. OG. Uh, you better stop OG. 20 and 9, 3 steals. Didn't shoot well from the line, but good numbers nonetheless. Boucher again failed to crack 20 minutes. The fact that he had two blocks saves this line, but he's very much teetering on the edge of 12-team leagues, I think. And while I will hold through the deadline, if any semblance of a center with a pulse arrives, I think he's cooked. I think he's toast. Under 20 minutes a night is really hard to look at as a must-roster 12-team league player. And, and even to be honest, like for the season, he's played 20 minutes a night on average, and he's the 180th ranked player. Like He's fine at the moment, but in a 10-team, I wouldn't bother with it. Delano Banton played 11 minutes for some reason. Ken Birch is only getting eight, and the big sneeze played 15 minutes. Pressure to Some people are still holding pressure to Chua in 12 team leagues. He is the 274th ranked player. He should literally never have been rostered in 12 team leagues, or 14, or 16, yet he's still being held in 12. If you're listening to the show and you're holding pressure to Chua, can you let me know? Like, what? Why? What are you doing? And I know some people really believe in him long term. Man, great dynasty option. I, I just don't. I just. I, he's one of my most hated players to watch. Don't hate him as a bloke. I think he's totally, no problem with him at all. I just hate watching him play. And that skewers, or skewers? No, skews some of my evaluation. I just don't like the way he plays. And yeah, I think his fantasy value would back that up at the moment. It's not looking great. For the Hornets, no Cody Martin, no Jalen McDaniels, no James Booknight with a wrist injury. And then they lost Gordon Haywood after six minutes with a pretty ugly looking injury. Got his leg rolled up on a rebound. It was a really weird sequence. He was just laying under the basket while play was going on. And then he did go off and walk with the, under his own power to the locker room. But I would have to expect he misses time. Like It, it didn't look that good. Uh, I would expect this week he's out. And that's not great. But what it does do is it bumps up value of a lot of guys. Ubre played 38 minutes. 17 points on 17 shots. Yeah, there's value improvement for him. If Martin returns, he'll get a boost. PJ Washington played 32, 15 and 9 with a triple one. That's that's good enough for 12 teams. And if we have Haywood out and Martin out, he's going to have to play a lot more at the four, which also bumps Mason Plumley, who had six, seven, and four with two steals in his 28 minutes. It doesn't make him a 12 team league guy, and I wouldn't burn a roster spot or burn a waiver at an eight, adding Mason Plumley, but there is some value there. Miles Bridges played 42 minutes, 25, 6, and 5. Three steals, two blocks, and two triples. Good game. 52 fantasy points, while Rogier had 25 and 6. And Lamello had 15, 4, and 9 with four steals, but shot, unfortunately, just 26% from the line. Really, really poor from the Charlotte Hornets in this game. They were blown out. They did make a little bit of a rally at the start of the third quarter, but in the end, it was uh, yeah, it was just not going to happen for them in this sort of a uh, in this sort of a contest. But maybe they needed some built bar because they needed energy and they needed to do it without chowing down on those high-calorie candy bars. Now, let's be honest. Candy bars taste great. Who doesn't love them? But the damage they do to your body with the high sugar, the high fat, the high calories, they're not doing anything good. Whereas Built Bar tastes great, tastes like a candy bar, but it's low in calories, it's low in fat, it's low in sugar, and it's got 17 grams of protein in these bars. Just an amazing combination. Protein bars. Taste. Who could have imagined those two things could live in harmony the way they do with Built Bar? It's like taking a bite into that. You're in a meadow filled with unicorns and waterfalls. That's the feeling you get when you eat a Built Bar. So go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-1-5, and get yourself 15% off the best tasting protein bar ever. Built Bar is built different. So let's let's move on to that next game, and you want to talk about final scores that are fake. You look at this one and go, man, the Suns, 
They they just get over the line. 127, 124 against the Bulls. No, no, no. This was a blowout. And <laughs> what happened was the Bulls had this really weird fake rally towards the end where a lot of bench guys were talking. Malcolm Hill scored eight points in a minute 40 to end this game and bring them closer. It was not this close. Um, it was over really early, actually. Um, interesting stuff. Devin Booker, 38 minutes, 38 points, five triples, five assists, and a steal, 61%. He's playing at an unbelievable level. He did have to go to the bench and have ice on his knees, but returned to the game. Good game. DeAndre Ayton fouled out in 23 minutes. That's another low-minute game. That's three in a row of 24 or under for him. 13 and nine, but now fouling out. And then JaVale McGee stepped it up. 23 minutes, 16 and eight with three blocks. He's been a little bit down, JaVale, but he's always an interesting stream option on days like this. Mikhail Bridges, he's cooled off somewhat, but 15, four and three, a steal, a block, two triples is exactly what you need him to do. And Chris Paul had 19 with 11 assists. And even Jay Crowder got in on the mix somehow. Sometimes it may be good, sometimes it may be shit. 10 and 10 with six assists, 35 minutes. And the worry with Cam Johnson is here. 22 minutes, six points, two triples. This is the worry that we've had, is that when Crowder is there, what happens to Johnson? He doesn't play 29. This is even worse than anticipated. It's just a rough night for him. It makes it really tough to have him as a must-roster player. If you've got him, you hold through the deadline because you want to have that roster spot to add at the deadline, but I don't think he's a must-roster player. Crowder goes out, then sure. And there'll be nights when Johnson's better than this. Absolutely, no problem at all. But this is the issue, is that they just will give him backup minutes instead of trying to force him into a sixth starter sort of role where he plays 30. He plays this 24-minute-a-night role, 22 here, and there's just not enough there to be considered. You can look at it and go, well, maybe he's the 140th best player, and that's valuable. But is it? Like, if there's no upside in it, there's no, it's not worth it. And I think that's... I think that's where we stand with him at the moment. On to the Bulls. Zach Levine returned from his um, back spasm, and he was great. 32-6-8. DeRozan, also great. 38-5-4, two steals. DeRozan's free throws were down a little, but still really good performances from both of those guys. Unfortunately, it wasn't so good from Vooch. It's Vucevic. Vucevic. He had like, what, two points, I think, in the first half? Ended with 13-12. and 12. Got to the line once, shot 40% from the field. He has been up and down. Now, he is still... He's been great over the last couple of weeks, but he's been wildly inconsistent all season. Let's hope this isn't the start of a downward trend. Javante Green's solidness sort of dropped off, but he still had eight boards. That's what you have him for. He had a block. That's what you have him for. The fact that he had four points on 20% shooting, you go, oh, well, I can't expect him to be good uh, all the time in scoring and field goal percentage. That's not who he is. You're rostering him for Darius Baisley-type numbers. Rebounds, block steals. Anything you get on top of it is a bonus. I think he is a 12-team league guy for now. For now. Long-term, no. Kobe White returned. 13 points in 26 minutes. Didn't do much else. He's not a 12-teamer. While the Io Desunmu train not only hit a wall, it plowed through the wall and just rammed into a truck full of chicken shit. Back to the future, Biff Tannen style. Two points, zero assists, zero steals, zero threes, 14% shooting. That is a horrendous line. Do not drop Dusunmu based on this, but some of, not some, nearly everything that he was doing was counter to anything that I expected from him. You're as high volume, unbelievably, you know, 44% shooter, 60% from two, averaging eight assists per game. Cool. None of that felt real, but it kept on going and going. And then it dropped way off. And his last couple of games, to be honest, have actually been a drop off. I do not think that when we hit 
mid-March and Lonzo and Caruso are allegedly back, that Dasunmu is going to be anywhere close to a 12-team league player when that happens. But don't react to this and drop. In saying all of that, if Dasunmu over the next two weeks maintained his 12% usage and averaged 8, 4, and 3, that wouldn't be a shock to me at all. Because again, that's more the expectation. That's what we saw from him for the first 40 games of the season. He turned things into overdrive in January and went crazy with the stuff that didn't feel real. And now the last couple have dropped off a little bit for him. Don't drop, don't don't panic. But again, if it does start to become a trend, just remember, this is what happened. This is how he started. This is how the season started for Dasunmu. And then he turned it up in, into a really, really hot, good hot streak and looked great. He just did not look great at all in this game. So just be aware that he is not an infallible player who's just guaranteed to bounce back. I think that's probably probably the biggest takeaway that I would have uh, from that one. Next game. Warriors, 110.98. A little bit closer than what that 12-point margin might suggest. Steph had just 18 points, but 9 rebounds and 10 assists. And Jordan Poole played 30 minutes. So that's great to see him doing that. 11, 8, and 8 with two steals. Only took eight shots. Hit him, 63%, but a really good overall line. He's playing really well now with Clay. He's figured it out. Clay had 21 points in 29 minutes, two steals and a block. Some really good numbers coming from Clay Thompson at the moment. While Wiggins had 15 and 5, and Looney had 8 and 7, two steals and a block. And Looney is a 12-team league option. Probably more 14, but he is a 12-team league option while Draymond Green is out. Kaminga went off really early. 16 points in 23 minutes. Really racked up some of those, I think, first or second quarter. While Otto Porter returned and played 15 minutes because Kaminga was playing so well, and they just rotate guys through. Andre Iguodala returned. Had three points in six minutes before his back gave way. I don't know how much he's going to be able to play here down the stretch. Porter can be a 12-team league player. I wouldn't look at Kaminga as a 12 or 14-team league guy, despite this good performance. While if you're looking for steals, the Dr. Gary Payton is always going to be an option. He had another two here, but his minutes continue to be low. Just the 14 minutes for Payton in this game. Um, Moses Moody played nine minutes. He really only came in because Iguodala was out. When you look at Modi Moody, Modi Moody, Modi Moody, 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 Moody. For the Thunder, Giddy, 16, 11, and 7. He's really stepping it up without Shea. That's not a surprise. Well, Lou Dort had 26 points. His efficiency dropped, but he added three steals. And we talked about him on the sell high saying, hey, he's not going to shoot 48%. He's not going to grab eight rebounds. The 26 points in 38 minutes is still great, but only four boards, 43%. And that's going to drop his numbers down. And that's to be expected. The Oklahoma City mudflap, Kenrich Williams, was great. 31 minutes, 12 and 6, 5 assists, a steal and a block. Great numbers. He's not much of a fantasy option, but that's great. While Trey Mann was solid. 11, 3 and 4, 2 steals, 3 threes. Mann has been very up and down. He's had a couple of... He has one really good game. This one's solid. A couple of stinkers. He's better suited, I think, to being a 16-team league player or a 14-team league guy. Darius Baisley... We didn't have any blocks, but he scored 20. He played 37 minutes with eight boards. I am not against having Darius Baisley as a 12-team league player while these players are out. Wiggins, Roby, um, Gilgis Alexander, Muscala, Robinson L. There is a lot available here for him. He's going to hurt you with field goal percentages and even free throws at time, but some points will come through volume. You'll get good rebounds. You'll get good steals and blocks in general. Ty Jerome had three points. That was pretty rough. Or oh, Derek Favors, out of nowhere, 26 minutes. He attempted one shot. He hit it. He had four and seven, while Diakiti played 14 minutes. The Thunder rotation is very unreliable. Yeah, Diakiti played 29, then 20, then off the bench for 13, and Favors goes from DNPs to 26 minutes. It's all over the shop. It's very hard to get a full reading on how that stuff rides. We know what Gideon Daughter are going to do. Yeah, Mann's going to get the minutes, but his production will be up and down. And Baisley's you know, one of the more solid guys on this team, amazingly. 
at this point. And if it wasn't trade deadline, I'd say, yeah, look, go grab Baisley and ride it out for the next few weeks. But I'd rather save the ad for a trade deadline opportunity that might come our way. But it also may not come our way. But I would rather hold that ad to see where that goes. All right, let's head to that last game of the night. The Jazz get the win in the end. It wasn't... Yeah, it was in, in doubt in the third quarter. They win at 113-104 over the Knicks. The Knicks were up, and the Jazz put on a big second-half performance to get there. Uh, did he take it from here? And Mitch Robinson says, I'll take it from here. Yeah, buddy, Oathy did. 36 minutes for Mitch Robinson, 19 points, 21 rebounds, two steals, three blocks, one foul. Not great from the line, 50%, but 73% from the field. That's just a great line. He's been inconsistent. We know this year, up and down. Before today, 186th over the last two weeks, 142nd for the season. But a couple of really big games recently, an eight-block game and then this. Fournier was pretty solid, 16 points, two steals and four threes. He's still hanging around the fringes of 12-teamers. Well, Julius Randle, the 30 points is nice. The five assists are nice. The eight of 12 from the line is harmful. But at least he shot the ball well from the field. A pretty good line from Randle, who has stabilized after a really, really poor stretch in January. There was no Kemba Walker, and then Quentin Grimes was ruled out. They started Alec Burks. He had five points on 20%. There is no justification for me for holding on to Alec Burks in a 12-team league. Cam Reddish got into the rotation. I wouldn't expect him to stay there. Six points in 15 minutes, and it required both Kemba and Grimes to be out for him to play. Yeah, he is... Uh, Tom Thibodeau is not a fan. If you're still holding Cam Reddish in 12 or 14 or 16-team leagues, I would not bother with that. Ron Barrett played 43 minutes. Not bad, but in 43, you'd hope you do a little bit more. 23, 7, and 6 on 32% shooting. And again, the problems with him are always going to come back to efficiency and lack of defensive stats. And we saw that rear its head here. With Robinson playing so well, we got 12 minutes only out of Nerland's Noel, and you can't justify holding on to him in 12-team formats either. For the Jazz, still no Rudy Gobert. It looks like he's getting close. Still no Rudy Gay. Don Mitchell... He was pretty good, though, in his uh, what second game back from the uh, from the concussion. If I can find the sound drop, I'll hit it. He's done. He's good. 32-7-6 with four steals and a block. That's great. With Gobert out, they started as a BUK again. He played 28 minutes, seven points, but 14 boards and three blocks is nice. Now, it was helpful that Hassan Whiteside fouled out in 20 minutes. I wouldn't bother with either of these guys for 12-team formats. Most nights, Whiteside will play more than as a BUK. But they're just not going to have that value because Gobert is going to return soon. The Basmati man, Royce O'Neal. Six points in 32 minutes. Two triples, one block. No reason for me to think he should be a must-roster 12-team league guy. Want to have him? No worries, but he's not must. Conley had 18-3 and 7, and Bogdanovich had 20 points. While Clarkson returned, he had 16 in 22. That's fine, but again, he's that fringe player. And if he's on my 12-team roster, he's probably the worst guy I've got. That means he becomes expendable at the trade deadline when you're looking to make those right moves to uh, get players in. Let's look at the players of the night for today. Or the lines of the night. That's probably a better way of phrasing it. Monstrous goes to Miles Bridges. Your waiver wire goes to Gabe Vincent, who benefited from Tyler Hero's absence. The young gun is Joshy Giddy, who post-game for the Thunder, Mark Dagnott said that he would play around 30 minutes for the next few games as they're managing his load through a busy and tiring portion of their schedule. So just watch out for that. Didn't really impact him too much tonight, but 30 minutes a night. And the dud of the night is Ayo Desunmu. We've covered him pretty extensively earlier on. Your top 10 players today. Number one is Bridges, as just mentioned. Two is Devin Booker, then Zach Levine. Steph Curry, Mitch Robinson, Fred Van Vliet. Chris Paul, Gabe Vincent, JaVale McGee, and DeMar DeRozan. 
your top 10 players in uh, rostered in under 50% of leagues. Vincent at one. I wouldn't stream him. McGee has some value, yeah, as a streamer, but that's not much more than that. Jay Crowd as a streamer, but we're not streaming at this point in the season, or this week anyway, until the deadline. Kenrich Williams, good game, but I'm not overreacting. Corey Kispert, there's a little bit there, maybe for 14-team leagues. As a UK, again, good game, but long-term value not really there. Aaron Holiday, Denny Avdia, I don't care too much about that. Caleb Martin and Trey Mann. Trey Mann's more of a 14-team league option. And your top 10 in points, you go number one, Michy Robinson, followed by DeRozan, Don Mitchell, Devin Booker, Miles Bridges, Zach Levine, Pascal Siakam, Stephen Curry, OG Ananobi, and Julius Randle. That'll do it for me today. Don't forget to follow this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and on the Odyssey app. If you are here on YouTube, give us a thumbs up and leave your comments down below. Guys, we are done here. Thank you so much for listening, everyone. See ya.